0: Welcome back to the In and Around podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Will Hunt, and joining me this week, like every week, is Mikey Breslin. Hello. And David Harris. Hello. David the Hitman Harris. (laughs) Um, uh, (laughs) What is the the In and Around podcast all about? Well, every week, the three friends come together. The three friends? It's the three of us come together to discuss and debate the world of football. Um, Currently, there's not a lot happening in the world of football. However, we found something. We've saved it up so we have something to talk about. Now, we might have gone at the wrong time, so it might have happened by the time you hear this, Bob, and if it has, shit. Um, so, <laughs> here's what we're talking about. We're talking about uh, the hashtag tune to, takeover. Sounds like Bugs Bunny's going to be in charge of Newcastle. Um, Space Jam 3 with uh, Alma on. Um, anyway.
1: St <laughs> Maximan.
0: St Maximan. Lo- His hair looks a bit like a Looney Tune. Um, so... What's happening? Uh, there's a consortium uh, backed mainly by the Saudi Wealth Fund or whatever um, who want to take over Newcastle. And there's lots of complexities of the deal, which I'm sure the two lads will uh, go into as we discuss and debate this. However, the key thing is, it seems to me, not Mike Ashley would be out of the club. Newcastle would be in flux. With all this cash, are they going to do a city? Are they going to Go into the Champions League for the first time since they had a strike duo of Gavin Harris and Santiago Munez. Um what possible castle? But that being said, lots of criticism from all parts about the prospective takeover um, on the footballing side, but also on the slightly more political and moral side. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna look at this murky water and these complex questions, and we're gonna Try and debate it as sensitively as possible, which will not happen. So, <laughs> um, gents, uh, <sighs> first
2: of all, we'll start
0: off by asking how you are. How is everyone? How are we doing?
2: Yeah, good, good thanks. Me and Mike actually went for a, a walk yesterday, now we're allowed, which was quite it pleasant, you... wasn't it, Mike?
1: It was, actually. Yeah, it was lovely.
2: I'd say you it was don't... nice to see you, but that would be... Yeah, I wasn't accepting it, Mike.
0: It's fine. Yeah. Um, Will Hunt from uh, the press pool, ESPN, ESPNFC.com, I think is their football one. Um, was there any dogging? In Woeful. The- <laughs> oh, William,
2: no. <laughs> no, there wasn't.
0: Oh, all right, joking I am, Gav. Um, right, so let's move on to the actual issue at hand, Newcastle. Um, does someone want to explain exactly what's happening? Because I must have... I'm a bit confused.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll try and... Uh... Simplify it as best I can. So, um, essentially, Mike Ashley's agreed, as far as we know, to sell the club to the Saudi. Um, essentially, the Saudis' um, public investment fund.
2: Basically.
1: So, essentially, selling it to Saudi Arabia. It's going to cost three hundred million. Um, which. It's a lot of money. Is a lot. It's a lot of money. Um, so, essentially, who's actually going to be buying the club? As we said, it's Saudi Arabia, essentially, um, as the state, but headed by uh, Mohammed bin Salman, the, the uh, Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia. So, he'll take an 80% stake of the club. Then, the deal broker, um, who is Amanda Staveley, who also happened to broker the deal to bring Sheikh Mansour to Man City mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. in the day. Uh, we'll take ten percent, and the Ruben brothers, who are the second richest um, people in the world last year, I think, will also get ten percent. So they i mean, if this goes through, which I thought it would by now, but it hasn't—they're going to be the richest club in the world based on their owners.
2: Mm. Yeah, it's, it's wild. Which is
1: quite yeah. the uh, turn of events up in Newcastle.
0: Yeah, quite the turn of events. Um, so, let's. Start with um, a potential boon for Newcastle. If the deal goes through, um, what kind of impact are you seeing this having on the club?
2: I think it will be a long-awaited lift for the the fans, for sure. Mm. Um, I mean, as far as I'm aware, pretty much I'd say 95%, if not 100%, of Newcastle fans have wanted... Mike Ashy out for probably at least, what, the last 10 years, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, so they'd finally get rid of him, who's someone that, in their eyes, has sort of been running the club into the ground, not really investing where he should, which, to be honest, at times, I feel is a bit unfair because he has given quite a lot of money for players. It's just, unfortunately, a lot of those players haven't really come off. Um, mm-hmm. But they'd be getting lift because they literally have, as Mike was saying, they potentially be the richest club in the world. Um, and it just it sort of put some enthusiasm back into the club because they've, they've always been like a pretty big club. I mean, when we were younger, they were always making Europa League, even the Champions League sometimes. Uh, but the last 10 years, they sort of flirted with being a mid table obscurity, even a championship team. They've been so, a yo yo club.
0: They've been a yeah. yo club. Yeah, for
2: the last but few not, years. But, uh,
0: Ashley's senior and for Ashley's um a lot of I think the criticism I've, I have personally have seen levied at Ashley levied leveled I don't know at Ashley is that he treats the club like a business and I think obviously as he is a very successful businessman no matter what you think of him he's always going to treat an asset like that and for Newcastle fans who although they've not had a lot of success they've got extreme passion for the club that's always going to grate with them yeah um, and to me the whole thing about this deal is um the the big plus point about Newcastle, you can debate all you like whether or not um, they're going to uh, propel themselves into Premiership con- contention. Um, but you can debate that all until the cows come home. The big thing is that for them is that Ashley's out the club, and for many of them, they see him as one of the worst things to happen to their club. And whether that's right or not, it's it's how they see it. Um, Mike, um, if you're a Newcastle fan. How are you feeling about this? Are you feeling elated for Ashley?
1: I think it's a pretty, I mean, from what I've seen, a lot of them are pleased to get rid of Ashley. That, that I can understand. Um, I I guess it's pretty exciting that someone with money wants to buy your club and then inject Mm -hmm. an absolute fortune. Well, if they could which we will get onto later I'm sure they'd inject a fortune into mm. the playing staff and the ground and the training facilities and the manager to get well their ambition is Champions League from what I've heard yeah so they've got a long way to go which so if you're a Newcastle fan I guess it's exciting but the obviously <laughs> the the elephant in the room I guess is the um, stuff with saudi arabia's yeah um, history with <laughs> certain misdemeanors and if, if to put it politely yeah very so politely you're, i mean you're replacing a staunch businessman with well we can it's hard to put it any other way but that's
2: I saw someone put it pretty well on twitter they coined it you're going from a guy you moan at for having zero hour contracts for his workers to so basically a regime that just executes people. Okay. Yes.
0: Yeah. So, um we will meander our way back over to the football implications in a bit. I think it's now it's very important that you get the chance the two of you obviously have seen some things so you get the chance to uh perhaps enlighten the viewers, Dave.
2: Um the new as- viewers is coming. <laughs> as- I was going to say it if you weren't. Mark.
0: As 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 to um what you've seen and perhaps talk about the moral implications because they have faced an absolute ton of criticism for even looking because they have been facing an absolute ton of criticism from all corners perhaps more directed towards um the perceived actions of the regime in saudi arabia and the things connected with that and whether or not it's morally right for the premier league and everyone to be getting involved so do you guys want to take a few moments to discuss that maybe and discuss how you feel about that and how you feel Newcastle fans should feel about that, and then we'll meander back over to the football. So,
1: yeah, but- I mean, I I find it difficult to tell someone how they should feel about their own club. The club obviously has been longer than any owner, but were, I I don't think this takeover should be allowed to go through. I think it will be allowed to go through, but I'll I'll tell you why anyway. So, since um, Mohammed bin Salman came to power, um. As crown prince, he has made some good changes, particularly for women. Um, so they're allowed to drive now. They can also go to football matches, which they've never before been allowed to do over there. So I will, I will give him some credit. <laughs> um, where it's due, he's also obviously want, he wants to change Saudi Arabia's image and, and their human rights record, which, as we'll get onto, is pretty poor. Um, so you open cinemas, they've hosted concerts, WWE, um, events, etc. The, re- the reason they're buying this, obviously, is to help their image um, yeah. as well. But as Dave said, Saudi Arabia routinely executes more people than anywhere else in the world. Um, and Bin Salman himself has been accused of human rights atrocities, including... Um, the war they had in Yemen, where thousands of civilians died. He's also jailed Saudi activists and, um, though not proven, is likely to have ordered the killing of a um, Washington Post journalist, which is probably the biggest stain, despite the amount of deaths in Yemen. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, yeah, I I mean, there's no greater place to... No greater billboard, I guess, than um, European football to try and make yourself seem nice. And as soon as you buy a football club, particularly one with the fan base like Newcastle, you immediately get people on your side. Even if, I mean, they've maybe they've seen all of that and heard about it all, but they're still just because you bought their football club, they're still going to be on your side, I guess.
2: Hmm. Dave. I've, I think my biggest problem with this is allowing them to take over the club in a way almost legitimises what they've done um, because it's sort of... I mean, it's... The Premier League obviously has a lot bigger things to be focusing on in terms of trying to get things restarted and the financial implications of what happens moving forward in the future. But that's a different topic. So maybe this isn't getting as much scrutiny from the Premier League as like a an organisation as it should be, in my opinion. But if you allow them to buy the club, it's sort of saying, oh, you're part of football now. Yes, you've done all of this. um, But because you've got a team in the Premier League, I don't know, it's sort of allowing them to... It's just allowing them to almost sort of go under the radar of things that they should maybe be held accountable for. Like, just because they buy a football club, it doesn't mean they've suddenly become nice people overnight. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, as Mike says, you can't really tell people how they should feel about their club. And I think with Newcastle fans been held back for so long now that getting a getting a lot of money pumped into them I think that's probably all a lot of them are willing to see um it's, and they're probably at least willing to give them a chance to prove themselves at least to the Newcastle fans regardless yeah, I
1: mean, it's, it's such a difficult position um for the Premier League to if they said no obviously creates just a disaster politically um Saudi Arabia are a staunch ally of the UK as well. So you won't, you don't really want to mess that up. Um, Bin Salman himself is shaking hands with the Queen. Um,
0: An honour only usually reserved for uh, Damien Duff.
1: Actually, <laughs> he wouldn't uh, shake the Queen's hand. Okay, uh, uh, move on! Um, but yeah, so, I mean, and, and another part of the problem, I guess, is that someone's ready to invest just millions of pounds in something during the biggest... Christ, probably recession we're going to yeah. ever have. Yeah. It, it, it's difficult to say no when someone is willing to spend right now. Um, just to give you an idea of people who are expressing their concern, I guess. Being mm. sports, I don't know if you've heard about the uh, the stuff about that. Yeah. yeah. So they're a, they're a huge uh, right holder for the Premier League in Qatar. And um, the S- Saudi Arabia essentially... I don't. How would you describe it? Nick their streams and just put them on in Saudi Arabia.
2: Yeah, they stole like the rights, almost like the.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, they didn't steal the rights. They basically stole their content without actually getting the rights for it.
1: Yeah, the league has expressed their concern to the Premier League. Amnesty International wrote an open letter to the Premier League, essentially saying what Dave said about what message this sends about Saudi Arabia's behaviour, and the. And the fiance of the um, journalist that was murdered has also, yeah, ple- pleaded for it not to be allowed.
0: So, question for you: um, What's the difference between um, Saudi Arabia, who are you've expressed the opinion are slightly dodgy, yeah, and Roman Abramovich, who, by all accounts, has A dark past. What's the difference? Why is he allowed to own a club, and they're not?
1: Yeah. So I mean, yeah, Abramovich as well is likely to have been acting for Mr. Putin. (laughs) Um, but essentially, he's a private individual, so okay, really, he can he can do what he wants. Whereas this is more of like a a state taking over a a football club. Even if Abramovich kind of was by proxy. Doing it, yeah. It's, it's. I mean, it's more difficult.
0: I'd I'd argue to be fair in a in defence for Bramwich, although it's not a pro- defence really. He's probably one of the best owners in the league.
1: Um, yeah,
0: I would, yeah, I'd tend to agree. Yeah, he um, He I mean, I don't know about the rest of you if you're watching there. Uh, You've been paying attention to how the various clubs are handling the crisis we're currently in. I think Chelsea have nailed it. Out. Absolutely nailed it. Yeah, they doing uh, and really well. Some of the some of the stuff he's some of the stuff he himself is doing for the NHS uh, workers, some of the stuff he's done on particularly on Holocaust more. has been wonderful. That being said, I thought it was worthwhile just pointing out that maybe what's the difference? Um Okay. Yeah, no, yeah, so obviously we've debated the moral reasons let's mm. talk about the let's talk about football let's talk about the football club
1: um, yeah let's get on to the good stuff yeah yeah
0: well the good stuff <laughs> are you worried that having an it's with any big takeover there's always concerns unless it's someone coming in from the ashes and saving people and this isn't like city they as Dave is, pro- Dave, you're probably going to explain this way better than I. There's a real change now with financial fair play and how it's actually been adopted. Dave, isn't there?
2: Yeah, I was just going to ring on, uh, sort of almost tying in also with how you'd feel as a Newcastle fan. Um, I think one of the big things for this is you'd want assurances that if this goes wrong or they don't make the progress that they want, they don't just leave the club in a dire state and sort of quick. Like, let's be honest, they're buying it three hundred million out of three hundred and twenty billion. If if the club was in debt, they could just take a hundred million, that's not really a hit to them, um, to be honest. So, like when Man City actually got taken over, uh, the old man the old chairman rather, Fax and Shinawatra, actually signed into the deal that if the club ever goes into debt, um the shite can't shakes rather can't basically move I can't <laughs> believe I said shakes. <laughs> what, that so good. I've got hung up on the spelling in my head. Said shakes. Oh man! So there's good. your
1: there's your weekly gaff from yours truly. Um, I was told actually that people listen just for your gaffs, Dave. So there, well, there I is. mean,
2: here I am bringing the viewers. Um, there it is. So basically, if he <laughs> basically the idea is that if the club gets into debt they can't move it onto themselves or they can't move the debt of them as board directors onto the club's accounts so that basically if they ever want to sell up the club can't be in a bad financial state with newcastle i think when you look at things like the glazers at man united you would be concerned that yes they have a lot of money but basically they just any business debt becomes the club's debt uh, rather than sticking to them as board as a board um, but anyway, that's that's maybe another tangent. What what wills really wanted me to say here? Not the shakes. Is um shakes was it? I don't even know what I've said. Now. Yeah, that was
0: it. <laughs> Just shakes. <laughs>
2: Shake is right,
1: Dave.
2: Shake it like a Basically, the reason that Newcastle can't do there what Man City did is because of financial fair play. So, Man City were in a very lucky position where basically they could keep going out and spending a lot of money on players, hoping that they would come off. And if they didn't, they could just buy more of these players in the next transfer window, and so on and so on. Bought some horrendous players like Joe, a lot of money. Rubinho, who at the time was actually a good player, to be honest, a real keep for them, but he just never really proved his value.
0: Oh, um, for Chelsea.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the famous quote. And then with financial fair play as well, um, this would also mean that it wouldn't just be sort of media criticism or like you've had in the past with teams like Man United where they've spent a lot of money in a transfer window. it actually be held accountable by the league now for how much they're spending, which is a totally different dynamic that Man City ever had. Man City, most of most their criticism when they started this was rival fans saying it's unfair they can spend this amount of money, which arguably it is but there's no one to actually stop them. Um, Whereas now the the league will literally hold you accountable if you are to spend beyond your means. Mm. Um, And I think the main thing with Newcastle is it's not like they have loads of players they could offload for much value. They basically need to somehow ramp up all of their wages, all of their transfers. And I'm not sure how they can do that in a financial fair play age without perhaps getting some very big sponsorship deals maybe a kit deal not not really sure how they plan around some, that some particularly clever accounting could probably there's, help yeah
1: <laughs> there's definitely some good uh some good scope to improve the sponsorship as far as i'm aware the last little while yeah, it's barely gone up hmm. um under ashley obviously he's been using sports direct etc oh hmm. i would imagine these people have got some contacts to be able to um get some decent deals in there. Sure. Um, sure.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, with any takeover in any, like, I mean, you, when you think of a financial takeover, you, uh, for example, you think of something like FIFA when you press a button and you immediately get 200 million you can buy Mbappe. Um, that is, I think, in the minds of a lot of people when they think about this Newcastle takeover and potentially having another superpower on the scene in the Premier League. But, as it's been proven, it's not by Man City and to some extent the Chelsea. Um you can't it's not a case of it's more of a case of like going out and just buying players doesn't work as well as when you're buying players to fit a system. Like Man City really had a uh, they had a project that they wanted to get Pep Guardiola. They got a sporting director he'd worked with. They bought players for Pep Guardiola. They built to that. It's not a case of you can just go out and spend money anymore. And then when you take into account financial fair play, there's no guarantee that this takeover happens that Newcastle jump from mediocrity into absolute premier contention. Um, and to be honest, Mike, uh, I know that. Because obviously me and you see a lot of transfer rumours for our clubs and often they're competing against each other. And one of the big things that um, Chelsea has over Manchester um, United is the location of living in the capital has an allure for foreign players. Now, whether or not you think that's right, I personally think Manchester is a lovely place. But it is a thing. And even in other countries, they'll have heard of Manchester. They might not have heard of Newcastle unless they were huge fans of Gavin Harris. So do you think that could be a, a stumbling block for players coming to the club?
1: I, def- I, I think I wrote this on the document. I definitely think this is a huge advantage for your London teams, mm. transfer-wise. Obviously, United can pay stupid wages, so you can kind of lure people there. Yeah. But, like, I mean, it's cold and it's windy and it's wet up north. Do-
0: I, we saw after Santiago Munez and he was traded on the beach.
1: So true, <laughs> it's bit, like do the do their the players might want to go, but do their wives or their girlfriends or their families really want to go and live up there it's a it's a bit more of a tough sell, I'd say,
0: mm.
1: especially for a club i think I think Newcastle would have to be a slow burner. you're not gonna overnight get in the top four no. um, if, if, and they're just gonna have to work their way up
0: if, if you're an agent. Of a top club, or if say you're the no, if you're an agent of a top player, or even an agent of a slightly lower tier, like a Felipe Anderson, who's a good player, you know what's happening, good player, not top player. How are you selling it to the player outside of obviously there's probably going to be a bump in your wages? How are you selling them the idea of Newcastle as a football club, Newcastle as a city? How are you selling them that?
2: I think with Newcastle, you just have to go off their fan base. I mean. Mm. The one thing that Newcastle has that Man City definitely didn't, maybe still doesn't, is they've got a very loyal, big fan base, um, regularly getting 50,000 plus a game, Mm -hmm. uh, which basically pretty much full capacity of their stadium. Um, I think you'd have to sell it off the idea of almost the player being appreciated because you can't sell it off trophies. Newcastle haven't won a, a large trophy since the CFA Cup in 1955 so it's not like these top teams <laughs> where you can tell them you're joining a team that's won this 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 and this because it's not happened I think you just have to sell it off them basically becoming being, appreci- being an appreciated player like a, a star man that just quickly,
0: just quickly, just quickly. That's a fantastic stat
2: because every time we go to St. James's
0: Park, they sing it, They sing to us, where were you when you were shit? And I always feel like West Ham because I always want to be like, you always want to be like to West Ham. Like in something ridiculous, like in the 10 years before Abramovich came, we won more trophies than you've won in your entire history. So, <laughs> and it's kind of the same with Newcastle. You just sort of sat there going, 1955. <laughs> yeah. That is, oh, my baths is bad. That's 65 years ago, right? Something like that.
1: Yeah. that
0: that's, yeah. That's mental. You're not selling them on the idea of them being a sleeping, a historical giant. Maybe they are a sleeping giant, but not a historical giant.
1: Yeah, I think, I think yeah, it's a sleeping giant, not necessarily trophy wise, but no. fa- fan base. And I mean, in the 90s, they were second best. Well, maybe top, top four for most of it.
0: I tell you what, if they get Keegan back in that club, <laughs> I will. I will attend games.
1: <laughs> um, I would. I would bloody love it. I would. Um, so I, I guess. I guess the project's the way to sell it because. Yeah, you really are. You, it, especially if you're Felipe Anderson, I feel like you've got a better chance of getting somewhere in Newcastle than West Ham.
0: Than West Ham? you Oh, you got a better chance of playing, winning trophies with Borum Wood than you do with West Ham. <laughs> God, what a useless club. Um, so let's just quickly think about um impact on the city if you haven't listened to our episode when the first uh, thing came out about man city potentially getting hit um for the financial fair play and we were we were a bit annoyed at the time we were talking about ring fencing in football and i think i probably got slightly too annoyed and launched a passionate defense of man city and how they um, the owners had really invested in the Eastfields area, and that is another aspect of this. Is that Johnzo yeah, Shelby in particular has come out and said that he thinks this takeover would be fantastic for Newcastle as a club, but also as a city. Um, can is that another plus point almost for this, or can you, or do you, or are you really worried that it's just a case of the club wants to, uh, uh, the owners want to just wash their reputation and use the club as a toy?
1: Well, I think there definitely is some of the some of the sports washing going on, though I don't think they'd buy it otherwise. Mm. But once you've bought it, they've got an absolute fortune to spend. And if they're not allowed to spend it on players, the the chances are good they're gonna do something like City. City's the model really, isn't it? So yeah got, you build a world class training complex which is also can be used for the community and you've got you can help build up well it's, yeah make the city a bit nicer as well. Manchester oh. is, is a pretty nice place to be now.
2: Newcastle's actually quite nice, if you haven't been.
1: I haven't actually city been. City centre's but,
2: actually really nice.
1: So, so whatever well, nah. wherever needs work, they might be able to put some money in there. They're, oh. they're worth, what, 300 billion or something? They're, it's oh. not like they're short of cash here.
0: I'll tell you what needs work. That sodding squad. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um. So, let's... Talking about the actually moving to the playing side of things. Um So, a couple of questions for you. Uh, I want you to play a game with the squad. I want you to tell me who you're keeping, and I want you to tell me who is out of the door, and why, please, gentlemen. Uh, I
2: don't know how comprehensive Mike's keep list is, but I feel mine might be a bit
1: longer. Yeah, I think yours is a bit longer, so you go first.
2: I'll, I'll start with mine, because it's just Debravka.
0: So, there we are, we'll move on.
2: Okay. <laughs> I'd keep Almiron and St Maximin for sure. Just because you spent a lot of money on them. Um, and with this sort of project, you still need to have some sort of spine of the squad. buying player after player after player. Um, financial fair play won't allow you to do it. And ultimately, your team won't blend. As some teams that have come up from the championship have found like Fulham and Villa in the last couple of years. I'd keep the Longstaff brothers. I genuinely, genuinely think for Newcastle as a club now, they're both very good talents. If Newcastle become a top four club or whatever, maybe they won't be quite good enough for that level. Um, but they're both very good. The is really good. Uh, as Will said, uh, snap there, Will. The, the one player you've got, I surprisingly have. I'd keep sales. Just I think it's important to keep a captain on board. Um, also, the sales. to be honest, is by far and away, their best centre-back, I would say. He's the probably dis- strong in the dressing room. The disrespect
0: to Kieran Clark. The disrespect. <laughs> the Irish Rose.
2: I'd keep Joel Linton, not through choice, but I just don't <laughs> think you'll be able to shift him. Maybe to China,
0: maybe. Again, again, two weeks running. If you haven't read it, Mike breson did a post all about how Joel Linton's the new Femino, and It's
2: particularly enlightening.
1: I'm glad that's half an hour in, so most people have turned off by now.
2: <laughs> I've, uh, I'd also keep Jonjo Shelby, I think. If you get him playing and keep him fit, he's not actually a bad player. Um, Lejeune hasn't looked too bad.
0: He can On his Lejeune, mate. Get him out of there. Matt
2: Ritchie, <laughs> Fabian Shaw, and then I've got my Kieran. Matt Ritchie? Yeah, because... Paul Dummett. I'm keeping Paul Dunnett. And keeping Paul up, Dunn, they the they love Paul Dummett in the Newcastle. They, we love him. It's such... They, yeah. It's like yeah. Shola Amiobi again. He's not great at his position, but yeah. he's okay That's to step Shola in, and they love him. Shola when they did are... three hundred
0: twenty, was better. Yeah, you are not
2: getting Champions League football with Paul
1: Dummett around. Yeah, yeah. but sorry. Mike,
2: they're not getting to the Champions League for like five no. years. They'll Wait. be lucky to break
1: the top ten in the first two seasons. Well, look, I'm I'm waiting on some talent here, and yeah. Paul Dummett is gone.
0: Yeah, right, Mike. Who are you keeping then?
1: Yeah, I'll keep Almer on St. Maximan, the Longstaff Brothers, Debravka, Lassell, Shelby. That might be it. That's I
2: You need to keep a you need to keep a, a spine that's not possible to get out of an exodus of players anymore. It might be if you took them over we as football managers. lads. But you clowns. can't do it in real life. That's what you You can't just release them all.
1: Right, it's, I can do what I want. I've Got Steve Bruce at the helm still. And are, oh, that's they're that, going.
0: That's the second question. Um, because Pochettino's rumoured, um, Newcastle can attract
1: um, Benitez big... back.
0: Yeah, so I was day. about to say they've, they've, they've attracted big managers both in the stature of a job and in his actual stature before mm, um, Chris Eaton. Yeah, so it's just interesting, isn't it? Um, but you'd give would you say they come in now? Obviously, if the season comes back, you don't sack a manager midway through the season. No, unless it unless not. it looks like you're going down. But are you? Are you uh, are, they are, might. Are they having? A, is my question is: Is Steve Bruce having a transfer window after this, or is he just the thing? Oh, is Danny's local kebab shop? He's going. I don't.
2: I don't think Steve Bruce has done a bad job. But I. I think when someone like Poch is available. And he's going to be part of the vision. I I don't see how Bruce really keeps his job here. Um, admittedly, I don't think as an owner I'm not sure I'd even trust Steve Bruce with a big transfer kitty. Really?
0: Oh, I wouldn't. Lewis Grabham would be playing? I mean,
2: he, this is the man that bought in Joe the new Firmino. Um, Joel no, Lensley. it's, not.
0: No, is it's it not. no, it's not. No, uh, it's not. He was the signing was already agreed.
1: Bruce okay. joined two weeks before the season you can't pin pin a lot on Steve
0: Bruce you can't pin that on him
1: we've got to to remember how decent the season they've had all things considered
2: Yeah, Steve Bruce has done well but I just don't think they would trust him with the money I think at the end of the season they'll get Potch or whatever to sign a a pre-contract and that'll be him in at the start of next year or Rafa I
1: I can't believe Potch is going
0: there not yet you know what's really interesting about Poch is then he would all, all he'd have to do is manage West Ham and then he would have managed all three of the most underwhelming, disappointing clubs in the league. Just three clubs that don't deserve any success. Like terrible clubs.
1: Um, I so. mean, personally, I'd like to see Bruce given a chance. Given given the season he's had and that he's a Geordie himself. It's not going to happen. I will say it's not going to happen. won't. Yeah. Um, all I'm, I'm going to say
0: is I saw Gareth Bale rumoured and I would love to be in the dressing room where Steve Bruce waddles up to Gareth Bale and goes and hey, 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 hey Gareth, Sorry, hey Gareth, not go, about hey, Steve Gareth Bruce. Go, go up front, I'm going to kick it long to you. Chase it, <laughs> it
1: Win some flick-ons will you? Win
0: some flick-ons Gareth. <laughs> For who? Oh the Nathan is in the um, Uh I guess we've sort of had a giving it a good look over. Um, Just quickly, can you see it happening? Actually happening? Or do yeah. you think it's going to be these where Ashley clings on?
1: I mean, how many I, times have we seen him do that?
2: I think it depends if this gets delayed long enough for there to be a huge sort of public outcry about it. Because there's so much going on at the moment. I don't think it's really people, other than people really look at football like ourselves, that maybe see it
0: as oh, it's, it's what big- it could be. It's kicking off. Um, it's kicking off in terms of how many people are starting to pick up. Yeah, but I'd... they are lucky. It's happening in the middle of it. A... Yeah,
2: but the thing is, if if they manage to get this done in a week or two, that would be it. Um, however, yes. if this drags on for maybe like four weeks. I'm I'm not sure if it will actually go through because Amanda stavely has been involved in. I think this is her third consortium to take over Newcastle, and the other two failed. They never actually pushed anything through she in paperwork. No.
1: Yeah, she's, yeah, she's re- tried more than once. She's yeah. tried before. Why? She tried on her own and now she's brought these, a these guys no, she, on board. first she tried by herself. She
2: tried before with another consortium that had some businessmen. Uh, I think there was like a group of four of them. And now she's trying with the Saudis.
0: Can we not get her a proper club?
2: God, unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, I get it... Darlington.
1: I I do think it will go through, to be honest. Um, I think Ashley wants out now, especially considering the crisis that's going on. I think he will take the money.
2: Yeah, it's a good paycheck for him.
1: I think they'll be allowed to take it over as much as the backlash is going to be pretty pretty interesting, shall we Mm -hmm. say. Um, But yeah, I'd I'd rather it didn't happen. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously the the Premier League got plenty of other things to be. Um, they it's do. Not, it's not going to be at the top of their pile, considering they're trying to restart the Premier League at some point in the next hashtag, month or two. Hashtag Project Restart. Yes, which we will be covering, I think, yeah. next week. So, we will be
0: ask, We will be asking the hard hitting questions like, why have they named the project? Like it sounds like it's a Lucasade drink. We will be asking that. Yes, we will. But that is all we're asking for this week because um, I think we've done a, a reasonable job of talking it through. I mean, yeah, whatever. Um, so <laughs> <laughs>
1: that'll do, <a> donkey. <laughs>
0: that'll do, donkey. That'll do. Um, Dave, if
2: the people want to follow you, where can they follow you? Yeah, if you want some shy outtakes. Um... Oh Christ. <laughs> 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 oh somehow it's worse how is it worse <laughs> uh, it's at dave
0: harris underscore 44 as i always say if you want to listen to what dave take your headphones plug them into the <laughs> toilet flush them and you'll hear his takes mike for yourself
1: um yeah my handle is at mikey breslin but there's, there's very little point following me there <laughs>
0: Yes, as Mike says, my hand my handle is also at Will seventeen, but please do not follow me there. Please instead follow us at In and Around Pod on Twitter. Um if you have any questions for the podcast, um just email us at inaroundpod at gmail.com. And please, if you did enjoy this episode, please like, share, retweet, do all the gubbins, follow us on all the socials, which I think we're at in and around pod and everyone. Which yes. is synergy as the business people would call it. Um, But, yeah, we'll be back next week probably, hopefully talking about Project Restart, or maybe football have already restarted and we'll have something concrete to talk about. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. But in the meantime, thanks for joining us.